We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the show. Big time flop for the Dallas Cowboys last night. San Francisco has their way defensively, offensively. Did special teams even come into effect here? I don't know. The coaching clearly all on the side of San Francisco, Perloff. But here's where I will not go with the Dallas conversation. I thought the defense did everything they could, which I know the numbers are going to look skewed. And Brock Purdy looks like he put up an incredible performance because he did. But... I thought the defense in the first half at least was trying to keep this thing competitive. The offense for the Cowboys could not get a first down until halfway through the second quarter. They did no favors for their defense. I'm more willing to criticize the offense for the Dallas Cowboys this morning than the defense, even though the score was 42 to 10. So it looks like the defense had an awful day. Yeah, but the defense had trouble getting the Niners off the field. So does everybody. First yeah, I'm of all. just, I mean, the Dallas, yeah, I, I I think that's a, an odd way to look at it because I thought San Francisco's offense just jumped out immediately. It became quite clear that Brock Purdy was comfortable against the vaunted Cowboys pass rush. Okay, they have so many different weapons, right, and so many different ways to yeah. beat you. And the moment that Brock Purdy even, like, miscues by a hair, they just go directly to the ground game, yeah. and they're able to set up the ground game so it's not like a Derrick Henry situation where you know exactly what's happening where he's getting the ball. They're just able to move you and move the defense totally off its spot. Yep. And I think about the Dallas D, it was 7 nothing. okay? 7 nothing. then the teams traded punts, and then Dallas was able to get the ball, and it looked like maybe they could mount some kind of drive, and then the Tony Pollard fumble out of the sideline set up the 49ers, who then gave the Cowboys back uh, the ball with a fumble, but it was like on their own two-yard line. It was so hard for the offense to do anything against this defense. It just it put the Cowboys' defense in such a terrible position because the offense, there was no balance whatsoever. I don't know. I was just watching the highlights of the background. It sure looked like San Francisco was moving the ball at will. I mean, at will. There was so many. There was very few unsuccessful pass plays. Uh, Chris Collinsworth said the key was that the San Francisco was blocking Dallas in ways they had no idea where it was coming. So basically, Demarcus Lawrence would be rushing the passer and someone would hit him out of the blue. Right. They're moving guys all around. Shanahan just a master class last night on both sides of the ball. But I have a question for you. Yes. Are you ready to completely buy my theory, longstanding theory, that players on the Dallas roster are overrated because of the star in their helmet? Okay, so uh, you have this theory. Yes. I think it's spawned out of your Eagles fandom. No, no, no. (laughs) No. But here's the question. It's a good theory, but no, that's not why. Okay, but here's the question about overrating the Dallas Cowboy players simply because they play for Dallas. It's not helping guys get into the Hall of Fame anymore. It's not. The guys from from the championship years, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. DeMarcus Ware deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not like... He wasn't on any championship team. No, he wasn't on any championship teams, but he... Played okay. in Dallas and deserves to who's be in the Hall be, of Fame. Who's not being helped by having that star? They all are going to get in the Hall of Fame because of the star. No, but who who's getting in? Well, Micah Parsons is. Okay. Everyone's put him in the Hall of Fame already. Well, okay, he's got a long way to go. I'm just saying, I don't think that Dallas no, Cowboys doesn't. players are getting into the Hall of Fame any more frequently than, and I guess that would be the biggest help, wouldn't it? 
No, I just think because they're not Hall of Famers. I think on a daily basis, we overrate because the Cowboys get so much more attention. They probably get as much attention as the other 31 teams combined. Yeah, because so, their fan base is everywhere. It's kind of like Notre Dame football and Duke basketball. You see that uniform, you're like, oh, that's a star. So we turn these people into stars when they're not stars. We've already compared Micah Parsons to Lawrence Taylor about a thousand times. If Micah Parsons played on the Lions or it was in. Carolina. There's no way any of that was happening. We just get all this hype and these comparisons because of Dallas. Uh, I don't, I'm not willing to go there. I think Micah Parsons is really good. Um, I think that there's been two games so far this year that I guess he's been kind of taken out of the game a little bit. It was the Arizona Cardinals that did a pretty nice job, and now the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not ready to write off Micah Parsons. I don't Nobody, like the Lawrence Taylor's comparisons were always, I thought, a little bit of premature, of course, right? I didn't hear you say that after he looked like Lawrence Taylor against the Giants. Well, I mean, it was also against the Giants, so it was convenient to call him the next Lawrence Taylor. But I'm looking at all these guys that I was told were so good, like Michael Gallup. I mean, he stinks. Or you look at on the defensive side of the ball, everyone's talking about Leighton Van Der Esch is supposed to be so good. Okay, but how many all and pros and Pro Bowlers, Pro Bowlers are they making? I think you're you're mistaking well, I mean, people out there, they all like, make the Pro Bowls. quote, unquote, like, people talking to. How many Van pros Michael made Gallup made? Well, I mean, Van Ress has made a Pro Bowl. Demarcus Lawrence has made multiple Pro Bowls. Like, I think Demarcus there are a Lawrence lot is a, of Pro Bowlers on this team. I think, well, Van Der Esch, we know, is always a neck injury waiting to happen, unfortunately. I don't mean to sound callous there. Well, he got hurt last night, Yeah, too. and he got hurt again. Like, he, unfortunately, this has been an ongoing issue for him. And Demarcus Lawrence, at one point, was an All-Pro. And I think was playing like an All-Pro. I didn't think that was the star. I don't think anyone ever thought Michael Gallup. I mean, maybe Mar- a, a number was two. like the second highest paid defense player in the league. Okay, but guys get paid because of timing and because of what they mean to a certain defense. I don't know. You can't say that they don't make the Pro Bowl. Seven Cowboys made the Pro Bowl last year. Okay, they, they also won how many games last 12 year? Games, they but, won 12 games. 12 games. Yeah, I, I think Trayvon Diggs, we were told, was a big superstar. I'm just not sure. This I just think that we jump. Season-ending injury. Let's we not jump kick on, the guy while he's so, down. So you don't think there's any overhype about the Cowboys? Uh, I no, I definitely think that there's some overhype, but I don't think it's oh the players stink and we actually think I'm not they're saying good. they stink. I think we we overemphasize the stardom of the Dallas Cowboys players, and I think we've done it for I don't know about forty years. You know, uh, ironically, it's the one place where you actually are higher on a player than probably everyone else. You are a big Dak Prescott defender, and that's the guy who I think most people would say he's getting. The extra hype well, because he he's a Cowboys. Right. He's the Cowboys quarterback. He doesn't deserve it. And that, ironically, he's the one guy you like off this. I team. think he's a better player than people give credit for. <laughs> exactly. Which but is funny. I mean, he no would one never, else thinks that. He'd never be the most marketable quarterback if he wasn't in Dallas. He's got like all these gigantic uh, national sponsors. None of that would happen if he wasn't in Dallas. Well, he was in not Carolina. anymore than Travis Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's got the most right now. No, got to be. I'm not even sure. I saw Dak all over the TV yesterday, like Sleep Number and Oikos and all these other things. Oh, my God. But come on, bro. Nobody has more national commercials is, right now than what Kelsey. What does Travis he has, too? He's got State Farm. And we're oh, he's got to give them oh, I free publicity now. What's he doing for State Farm? He does the thing with Mahomes. Oh, he's in on State Farm now? The, yes, it's that commercial that runs a million times. Mahomes, Auto. I can't believe we're just giving them free ads. That's but fine. that's all because of Mahomes. Andy Reid. That's a that's not his. The deal. Pfizer. He got has Pfizer and some fake financial product, Excelsior or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's got another thing where he's multitasking. Is that the one? He's like in a hot air balloon. I think that's Excelsior. Okay, whatever. But never even heard of that company. Don't underestimate. Dak Prescott gets a lot of TV time. Okay, he should. But that's what I'm saying. He's the but one he never, guy. If, he's the one guy who I think you could say, all right, he gets the cowboy bump. 
Because I never thought that Dak Ooh, Prescott I, was a top 10 quarterback. You, and you think, always did. You don't think Parsons has gotten, well, what does he have? 37 touchdowns and 10 picks yet two years ago. That That's no bump. You don't think that Micah Parsons gets a Cowboys bump? Um, no, I think Parsons is actually a good player. I think he's a real good I, player. I know he's a really good player, but he's already being compared to the greatest defensive player of all time. And not just once or twice, but weekly, he gets compared to Lawrence Taylor. Okay, well, that's just maybe the media being hyperbole. But I think when you're a good player, especially in this day and age, I think, you, I think you're known about. I mean, we talked about Aiden, about Aiden Hutchinson. Like, you know, he's playing on the Lions, who are really good right now. We all know about Aiden Hutchinson. You know, you say go back to Carolina. We knew about Luke Keekley. Like, we know when these guys are really good, they stand out. I think if Micah Parsons was on a different team, we'd still know how good he is. I Okay, obviously Luke Keekley's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. My point is that, that good players get a lot more attention when they're in Dallas. I don't, And I don't think that's a hot take by any means. I think that kind of follows because they're so popular. And I, I think in many, many ways. Not, I just think the league also takes the Cowboys more seriously. Like, I think we were overhyped on the Cowboys this year. The Niners were like, this is the game of the year because the Cowboys were coming in. Like, I, I do think they, they just have a lot of energy around them. Well, there's another part, which is they've met in the playoffs the last two years. And San Francisco has ended the Cowboys season the last two years. And at least one of those games had a very controversial ending with the Dak Prescott slide. So, you know, that builds on it, too. It's not just because it's Dallas. It's the history of these two teams, even going back to the 90s. I think the Niners see all the TV coverage, just like everyone saw the TV coverage with Deion Sanders in Colorado. I think the Cowboys come in there, and everyone knows they're coming. Like, there's no... uh, When the Cowboys come in, it is not an off week. There's no... No one's flat for the Cowboys because they are such a big attention team. That's true, but that's just because the fan base is all over the country. I I mean, listen, when the 49ers opened the season in Pittsburgh, that was a big game. Now, the 49ers have made it not a game because they won so easily, but yes, that was one of the biggest games of the the opening weekend. Yeah, I mean, as you said, though, you couldn't watch it it after five minutes. It was over. (laughs) It was over in the first quarter, but I mean, that's up to the players. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS. Francois is in Dallas. Good morning, Francois. Hey, good morning, guys. I really appreciate you taking my call. Can I make two comments? Sure, go ahead. And you guys put me on hold so I can hear your response. I, I, first of all, I'm going to address what you said, I, I think, and I'm a objective Cowboy fan. Okay. But I think their, their performance on the football field does not match their marketability. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's obvious. And against the San Francisco 49ers, you know, it, it's also obvious that their defense was overrated. I've told everybody that since training camp, right? And when they played Arizona, they got exposed. An elite defense does not give up 222 yards rushing to an average Arizona team with a backup quarterback. I know, You're but not elite. no, I get it, Francois. I think that there were some excuses built in for the Cowboys. Not, not fair. I'm not taking the blame away. I mean, I, they weren't ready for that game. They just they didn't show up, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, my gosh, Arizona, they should have known, is not going away quietly in these games. You know, and I agree with your partner when he says that, you know, the 49ers moved the football at will on the Cowboys. I'll give you an example. When Dak threw the touchdown pass to Turpin in the corner of the yep. end zone, that made it 14-7. to yep. At that point in the game, they had a shot. If an elite, if the defense is elite, they rise to the occasion on that next drive and they stop the 49ers three and out and get their offensive football back. But what happened? The 49ers went right down the field and went up 21-7. At that point, the game was over. 
I know, but think about it also. Uh, yes, you're right about that. And I know Dallas could be their own worst enemy sometimes, but they may have had them at the third and four. Purdy has the incomplete pass, and they get the penalty with the unnecessary roughness call. I mean, that was part of it with Dallas, too. They couldn't get off the field, but that was like there there were chances there. There were legit chances, and there were times when Dallas just did committed stupid penalties. I, I think the defense. I think the defense, Francois. I think that's where you and I are going to agree, but disagree. But thank you so much for making the phone call. Uh, there was a. He's right. There was a chance there, and on that crucial third down, they get called for the unnecessary roughness call, and then it was to the races there with San Francisco. Did they? How many times did they sack Purdy yesterday? Once. I mean, Purdy. I think, did I think see, once. I just couldn't believe in that first drive how comfortable Purdy was, and. That's it. again. I know you don't want him to be MVP, well, but those are it, all scripted play. You know, but I, he looks like a veteran. There's just so. I mean, like an old veteran. There's so much poise back there. He didn't feel like he. He didn't look bothered on a single play. Okay, but he scored okay very easily on that opening drive. But then back to back, you know, punts after that, and even those drives and then a though. Fumble. Yeah, but he didn't look bad at all on those drives. They, I mean, they were they were playing somewhat conservatively once they had the lead. To I don't know. I just didn't feel like the. You can't judge the defense positively on that game by any means. Maybe neutral at best, but this is I, supposed to be an elite defense. I thought that the offense let them down last night because yeah, wow. how many three and outs, Perloff? How I many three and outs? They could not get anything, any kind of balance going. Mike is in West Virginia. I'll answer you. Uh, I'll answer my own question. 11 possessions where Dak Prescott was in at quarterback. Nine of them ended with three plays or fewer. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Good, good. I, I just uh, heard Perloff talking about Micah Parsons and, and making that comparison about uh, uh, him being a, a standout linebacker because he plays for the Cowboys. But if he had played for the Bears or somebody else, that he wouldn't be uh, as big a, of a deal in the NFL. But yeah. you got to remember, Mac played for the Bears after the Raiders, and he was just as big of a deal playing for the Raiders, the Bears, and now look what he did with the Chargers. He had six sacks here just a couple weeks ago. I think Micah Parsons would be that same type of linebacker no matter where he went. Yeah. But I do agree with Perloff to an extent that because he plays for the Cowboys, he gets a little bit of a little bit more recognition I, I, you know, because of the celebrities and how the star and all that. I, I do agree a little bit, but I think Micah Parsons would have done great no matter yeah. where he went. And my second thing is, uh, on the uh, on the Niners' offense, yeah. if you paid attention to the game, they they loaded three receivers up on one side. They ran two as a fly pattern going straight out deep. It took the safeties way back. All the underneath defense was was still up close to the line, and they had one guy curl in the middle of the field yeah. all yeah. night, was wide open yeah. all night. That's what I'm saying. So. You know, And, Mike, thank you for the call and the breakdown there. Clearly you know your football. I, I think that that's why that Purdy MVP stuff is a little hard for me, right? Yeah. Because he's actually forced to make, like, four throws into tight windows all game. The other stuff, it's just – it's open, and forgive me, it does look – Easy. It does well, look like scheme. Yeah, but if the defense didn't think Purdy could throw that long pass, they wouldn't leave all that room in that intermediate area. They would start moving up. But Purdy, the last couple of weeks, has shown that he can yep. throw that long pass, which is pretty unbelievable because he's not a big guy. Uh, and he doesn't I, have a big arm, but it's big enough. It seems big enough. Also, guys get to the NFL and throw every day, and their arm is always fine. 
when Ayu catches that ball in the middle and just or Debo and they're just running wild. Forget it. it. I mean, how many how many actual seconds are they running in the secondary? It feels like every time it's an adventure to try and tackle them. Well, that's why they're the yak guys, the yards after the catch. And then as soon as Kittle gets behind the yeah. defense, it's like forget it. I mean, I do think the yak is a big part of being a good quarterback. You know, basically we've all seen bad quarterbacks who screw up the yak by throwing in a foot behind. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I think Purdy gets a lot of credit. He puts a very catchable ball out there that they can run with. Don't don't dismiss that. I know they have a lot of yak, but he gets some credit too. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So much more to do, including, well, a big and very disappointing weekend for one major college football program. We get to that in just moments. Don't move. Maggie Perloff and you on CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Today's Monday Night Football preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Maggie, we have a battle of two and two. Oh, we have a battle between two teams trying to get back on the winning track, Packers and Raiders in Vegas. Jimmy G and company are a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel, but have lost three in a row. Meanwhile, Green Bay traded wins and losses season two and two, but coming off a 34-20 to setback to the Lions in week four, I'm so fascinated with this game. Want to see Devontae Adams put him up on the trade market. Want to see Jordan Love <laughs> prime time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure this is going to be disappointing. It's probably going to be an ugly game. But I'm really excited for this one <laughs> for some reason. I'm excited for it, too. I, had, I did make a prediction preseason that Devontae Adams was going to ask for a trade before this game, that it was going to be a report by Lisa Salters yeah. on the Monday night sideline. Um, I don't know if my prediction is going to come true, but I do think if the Raiders lose this game, you're just going to have more teams calling about Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, he said he let it out there via Schefter or somebody that he's not going to go anywhere and he loves Aiden O'Connell. Sure. Let's see how it goes tonight. Let's see what happens. Listen, the thing about Devontae Adams, he's always going to get his, right? It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He could love you and me as quarterback. He's going to get like eight targets for, you know, 100 yards receiving. Well, we love Aiden O'Connell's mustache, so I'm uh, excited to see that. I have a friend who's a hairdresser, my friend Eli. Yeah. And he said Aiden O'Connell's problem is not the mustache. He oh. said his haircut does not go well with the mustache. It's a combo look that is killing him. He needs a new haircut. It's a great point. You can't yeah. have a shaved head and the crustache. You look like you just robbed a quickie mart. Like you have to be <laughs> able, you need a little more look if you're going to go for all that look, you know? I think a 6'4 Raiders quarterback could not get away with robbing the quickie mart. You recognize <laughs> him. Like, isn't that the guy who was at Purdue? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something. Um, okay, before we get to Bogus and the headlines, Proloff, this was a massive one. Just when you think Texas is back, uh, they go out and do something like this, which is lose the Red River shootout. Unbelievable game. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, who has been in college forever, it seems like, three years at UCF and now his second year at Oklahoma, but never really had this like Heisman moment. And that final drive was pretty amazing. Five plays, they go 75 yards in a minute. They just completely stunned Texas. And, you know, I thought that Sark. Keijan really played with fire a little bit when they had their drive, which took it down to basically like a minute 17 left. They essentially settled 
for a 47-yard field goal when they kind of stopped getting yeah. aggressive there. And credit to Burt Auburn, their kicker, all-time name, uh, who nailed the 47-yarder but just left way too much time on the clock. Yeah, see, is, the question, is Texas back? Was this typical Texas blowing it? I think they lost to a very good team here. They did. I think there's two even teams, and I don't think Texas is done by any means. They can get in the playoff with one loss. They could see Oklahoma again in the Big 12 title game. I don't, I'm not sure they will, but I do think that this, I don't blame Sark on this one. I think they were outplayed. I think Dylan Gabriel's outstanding. I mean, I think he, he might be a future NFL quarterback. He, I know he's very short, but he throws a rocket football. Yeah, the lefty. Yeah, um, I lo- you know I love lefties. You so do love lefty in anything. And, you know, Wait, Texas are is you really- a lefty? Is that no, why no, you no. love lefty? Okay. I'm not, I just enjoy watching. I enjoy Tua. I enjoy Zion Williamson. Anybody who does something. Our guy something, Boomer down the hall. Yeah. But, oh, I loved Boomer mm-hmm. when he was a player. I mean, I still love Boomer. That Can you edit that out of the podcast? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, Bryce Harper, obviously. Ryan Howard. King. Anyway. Uh, I thought that that was not really all on Texas. I thought Oklahoma earned the win. Do you think that was Texas blowing it? Oh, come on. I mean, it, it was tough. I think they had, what, it was a third and 10, right? Um, but even the second and 13 to pass for just three yards and then the third and 10, uh, it set they up a run 30, play there. They scored 30 points. I know, but in that crucial moment, we're talking They're about gonna, coaching versus choking. Yeah, but you, in that position, when you're leading, like, you got to be a little conservative. You can't just, like, let it loose. I, I was a li- I was stunned, but listen, this is for Oklahoma. Can we hear from Brent Venables, please? Pete says Saturday showed what this team is capable of. Our guys have an unshakable belief. I know that, and what a display! And so incredibly proud of them, the coaches. I love what we're building, and uh, as we've said for a while now, uh, again, there's no limits on what this team can do, and no excuses either. Um, we got everything that we need. We're certainly not there. There's plenty to that we'll have to improve and get better at. I mean, they've got another big game, at least on the schedule, Kansas coming up in two weeks. But, I mean, UCF, West Virginia, BYU, yeah. TCU, this is setting up nicely here for Oklahoma. Right. So I'm assuming if Texas can go on a run, maybe we get a rematch and the winner just goes into the Final Four. That'd be fun. We Listen, haven't seen that in a long time. Texas is not lucky. I mean, they beat Alabama fair and square. But to have that Alabama win in your back pocket and for Alabama, well, it didn't look awesome against A&M. They keep winning, which helps Texas and helps that make that yeah. win look better and better. And Tex- it was at Alabama. So Texas has Houston, BYU, Kansas. They don't have any rank. TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. They have no excuse not to go on a run to the title game. And that would be uh, that. Uh, re- I would love a rematch. Red River rivalry game. too. Do you call it the Red River Red River rivalry if it's in the Big Twelve title game? Is it still called the same thing? Oh, that's a good question. I think so. I think it's the Red no, River, no matter where it's held, right? Cotton Bowl or otherwise. Where is the Big Twelve title game? It oh, is. Probably. It's in Dallas. Oh, or close I guess enough. Technically Arlington, but that's yeah, Jerry World, fifteen right. minutes away from the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think we're there. It's the same geographical location. If it was like in Vegas or something. Then, hmm. Yeah. You know, this is one of the problems with the new, everyone has a conference title game now that's one versus two. I kind of like, I don't want to see Michigan, Ohio State back to back. They kind of. Oh, I do. First. I'd rather do that no, than no. see the winner of Michigan, Ohio State have to play some random Big Ten team. I think it kind of waters down the big rivalry game. Mm. Andrew Bogish is here with some headlines while we mull over that. Good morning, folks. Uh, good morning. I'm in a yeah. I'm in a big, deep Red River rivalry rabbit hole trying to find <laughs> out. Wow. I I think only the regular season game would count towards like 
the actual record of probably. the head-to-head. Yeah. But we'd but probably call definitely. it the showdown, too, or rivalry, too. Whatever. And they changed it again. It's back to rivalry because shootout was no longer PC. Right. I knew shootout were, had to go. Yeah. But showdown came through in at one point. But now we're back to rivalry, All right. which is not easy to say. All three of those things. I hate yeah, it. Especially Too many after R's. a couple fried fireball shots. I mean, geez, I'm surprised <laughs> anybody could stand. Uh, meanwhile, we're all in agreement now, right? The NFC goes through San Francisco. That's indisputable. No, 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 the Niners. No, 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 no. Indisputable. Indisputable. Oh, I'm sorry. How many losses did the Eagles have in the loss column? Stand That's by. That's a zero. <laughs> Stand by. The Niners put a 42-10 thumping on the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Dallas had allowed 41 points total entering the night. Kyle Shanahan's team is definitely 5-0. and Our guys definitely haven't been satisfied. They feel like we can get a lot better. Um, feel like we're going to get better throughout the year, too. But today was pretty darn good. Um, but we felt our whole team hadn't played a complete game yet, and um, it looked like that today. Brock Purdy threw four touchdowns, three of them to George Kittle. The defense had four takeaways, including three picks of Dak Prescott. They also sacked him three times. It was 14 nothing before Dallas got its first first down. More post-game deep analysis from Mike McCarthy. It clearly just shows where we are as a, as a team. We're 3-2. and two. Thank you for nothing. The 32-point <laughs> defeat is Dallas's worst <laughs> since 2013. Arguably less impressively, the Eagles also 5 for 5 this season (laughs) after a 23-14 W on the Rams field. Jalen Hurts not satisfied with their play yet. We just need to continue to to put it all together. You know, obviously winning is the main thing, you know, and I'll I'll say that day in and day out. Hurts threw for a score, ran for another. Philly D did not allow a point after halftime. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we'll do for four quarters. How about Uh, Cooper Cup? Eight Wait, receptions, 118 yards. It was like, <laughs> and Puka had seven. It's like they got two of the same guy out there. I was screaming at my TV. I'm like, way to give us some time to ramp it up, Cooper. You're immediately awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Athletics says the Colts are waiting on MRI results on Anthony Richardson. The fee remains. The rookie QB suffered a grade three shoulder sprain and will miss at least four weeks. Richardson hurt on a run in the second quarter of a 23-16 win over the Titans. QB Daniel Jones, the Giants, gets an MRI today for yesterday's neck injury. It came when he was sacked for a sixth time. And we also need an update today on Vikings wideout Justin Jefferson's hamstring. The Baltimore Orioles officially in trouble. The 3-1. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep out into left field. Hayes going back. Mitch Garver, can you take me higher? You most definitely can. A grand slam for Mitch Garver to give Texas a 9-2 to lead. Which became an 11-8 win at Camden Yards, which means a 2-0 lead in this best of five. That call from Rangers Radio. The Twins, 6-2 winners in Houston to split their first two. Game two of Braves, Phillies, Dodgers, Diamondbacks come today. The Big 12 reportedly making another move on Gonzaga women's soccer. They are currently 10-2-1, receiving votes in the national poll. That team and men's basketball could be Big 12 members by next fall. The NHL season begins tomorrow night. The NBA preseason heating up. New Celtic, Kristaps Porzingis had 17 points in a 114-106 home win over the Sixers. And Bradley Beal scored 11 in the Suns, 130-126 OT win 
in Detroit. The Ace is drawing first blood in the WNBA Finals, 99-82 over the Liberty, 26 points apiece from Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. And there was a NASCAR race yesterday at the Roval near Charlotte. A.J. Allmendinger won the race. Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace among those that failed to advance with a round of eight in their postseason. Guys, back to you. So that was a call going back to the baseball call. Was that that was a Creed mm-hmm. reference? Is that's can you take yeah. me higher? Yeah, yes. oh, sounds like that. Yeah. Ryan Hickey, you really felt that. I mean, if we could recreate right now the halftime show from like 20 years ago, we can like <laughs> fly in the air. I'm in. Wow. It's a good song. I but thought that it, everyone kind of didn't like Creed. No, only Hickey does. Now, <laughs> my question would be, does Mitch or Garver lead to Creed? Is that a specific mm. line? Well, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, and he's a huge baseball guy, right? Scott Stapp. Didn't he throw out the ball for the Marlins all the time? Like, goes to all sorts of baseball games? <sighs> that I can't help you with. Probably. I don't know. Unless... Yeah. Unless you totally butcher the first pitch, I'm not watching. Yeah, no, I think he loves baseball. So, But Miami Marlins, as I recall, I could be totally misremembering this whole thing. The fact that you know any of that is amazing. (laughs) I mean, who knew any of it? Uh, Meanwhile, the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio is where you can watch the show if you'd like to. Of course, our incredible CBS Sports Radio affiliates, uh, we appreciate them so much. There's been a – you had – Perloff, you mentioned you had a friend – Who's a hairstylist? Yeah, a barber. Yeah, who Eli. said the problem with Aiden O'Connell is not just the mustache, but it's the haircut with the mustache. He's got a buzz cut. Yeah. So some chatter has broken out of the chat. How much do you pay for a haircut? The well, chat yeah. thinks you pay quite a bit. Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I pay. <laughs> I pay my friend Seth. Okay. I pay him, it depends, about 50 bucks. Yeah, that's what they said, 50 bucks. And I go to his house, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I feel like for a man, that's kind of a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. What are you doing? But he's uh, he's my wife's hairdresser and like he's doing you a favor. Yeah. 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 So I I paid 26 the other day, but I asked the guy to trim my beard, which took like 35 seconds and he tacked on $18. (laughs) And I thought I was downsizing fair because the last time I went, I got like the full thing, like the hot towel. Uh, All of a sudden he was like massaging my face. And that was like 20, another 25 bucks. That at least seemed like it was. Money. This That's was literally spa day. him taking a comb and like just zipping off the like some loose hairs, and it was forty four dollars altogether. I'm like, <laughs> where did that come from? That but still less than a haircut. Quickly. That's you got both, and that was less than pearl. Yeah, man. All right. So doing some research, uh, Scott Sapp wrote a song for the Marlins called "The Marlins Will Soar." The lead singer of Creed. Wow. I gotta find it. it sounds so much like uh, that song that you were playing. Will you take me higher? Every yeah. Creed song sounds exactly the same. Yeah, they're basically yeah. doing the same thing. They kind of sound like the band Alive. That sounds the same, too. True. But we're also still not to Mitch Garver or the Rangers. Yeah. So this is just a random reference. I think that's Eric Nadell on on the Rangers broadcast. So that's just him throwing that in there, for no real direct connection to Garver. Unless he loves Creed. That could be the one caveat. I fear, though, Bilotti, was that you who played the Creed song? I fear that it's going to get stuck in everyone's head for the rest of the day. Oh, I'm Our sorry, audience. America. Yeah, I think, I didn't I think mean we, to do we owe a mea culpa to America for that. <laughs> Listen, it's not like we were playing like uh, the cardigans, you know, love me, love me. I would never do that to anybody. Oh, it sounds like we have a little bit of uh, the Marlins will soar. 
Why is this so on the nose? <laughs> all right, all right. I think we've had it on that. That was awesome. That was basically take me out of the ball game. Like, why were they so... It's so much baseball reference. You need some little indiendo, like get a little artistic on this thing. That was kind of like Eddie Vedder singing for the Cubs inspired. <laughs> Remember, Vedder will always sing for the Cubs. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I thought no. Marlins were so oh, catchy. Boy. I might add that to my uh, library. But that was like <laughs> third grade level songwriting. It was all like entry level stuff. You expect a little more expertise. I don't see you out there writing, writing songs Scott for your favorite Stamp. team. So who's your baseball team? The Mets. The Mets. Uh, no, yeah. but the Mets have one of the great anthems. Well, not Meet the Mets. No, no. I'm talking about... Uh, what's Wait, Meet the Mets is a great well, anthem. Well, Meet the Mets, but that's like a, that's an old school one. They have uh, uh, who let the dogs out? The Strokes <laughs> singing a yeah, song they, about the them? Strokes. They have uh, the Strokes wrote a Mets anthem yeah and it's so beautiful and artistic it'll bring a tear to your eye i swear no no the best song is a sixer song well the sixer song is like the, a disco party yeah any anthem that was written after 1977 is not as good as a sixer <laughs> song i don't know if, if the new show has it ready to go but i can sing it for you you don't you don't know the words 76ers everybody no, moses malone mo cheeks <laughs> No. No. Pearl none, of those always... none of those words are actually in there, but as a kid, that's how I sang it. <laughs> no, it's like this disco vibe when the Sixers win a song. It, it, it... And it's the amazing thing about the Sixers anthem, it starts playing with about a minute left in the game. Yeah, this one. It's like everyone should be wearing overalls, just like. Yeah, it's like the dance dancing scene on a light up floor. In Boogie Nights when Mark Wahlberg is yes. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> in a coked up rage. Okay, now you're yeah. worried about everyone getting the Creed song stuck in their head. This but is you're better. you're willing to oh, put yeah. this out to America. And now you're going to people at the water cooler all day just in Wichita being like, clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? I blame that on you. Play the song, Maggie. That's what we say in Philadelphia when the Sixers are winning a regular season game. <laughs> Doesn't well, happen as much in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get them all into the regular season because in the playoffs, you're going out in the second round. 855-212-4CBS. Thank you, Andrew Bogish. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Thank you. Uh, got a lot more to do, including the one thing Perloff and I cannot agree upon when it comes to the NFL. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We do this every Monday. It's time to own up to what we got wrong. Even we can't be right all the time. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Time for Maggie and Perloff to own up. Well, mine's easy. I picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. I don't feel great about that today after they got smoked 42-10 to 10 to San Francisco. <laughs> we know the NFC, they're most likely to face San Francisco uh, maybe again in the playoffs, and I'm not expecting a different result. So San Francisco looks like the best team in the NFL, hands down. Sorry to your Eagles. Uh, I was wrong about the Cowboys. Big yeah, run. long way to go, though. Yeah. I would not count that pick out. Uh, you were right about your Jaguars, at least, on the other yeah, side of the ball. Yeah, thank you for that, yeah. Uh, I have a few things to pick about where I was wrong. I <laughs> We do three picks on Fridays. One of mine was the Patriots over the Saints. I knew, that, I knew that was wrong in about, I don't know, 35 seconds <laughs> into the game. I'm like, yeah. oops, this is not good. I mean, what happened? Derek Carr was on his last 
last life last week, and all of a sudden he looked perfectly fine. I don't understand what happened. I thought the desperation was going to push the Patriots to their best game at home, and the fact that it was the exact opposite of that is very telling. The Patriots are in major trouble, major question marks about Bill Belichick's future, and I was the last person. That's another one I got wrong. I was the last person to know, to to really believe that Belichick is probably looking at his last season in Foxborough. I mean, if it doesn't get better, I don't know how you can keep him around. Oh, and yeah. this is this is crazy because these coaches at the end, like I, I wasn't alive for the end of like Tom Landry, um, or I wasn't like, a, I wasn't a coherent football fan at the time. Watching coaches lose their fastball like this, it can be jarring, especially so, uh, a coach who had such dominance like Belichick. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, we, we might be seeing the beginning of it in Alabama. It happened with Bobby Bowden in Florida State. I mean, Joe Paterno was a whole different thing. Yeah, that was. But he was, as a football coach, he started going downhill. It happens inevitably. I mean, I, I'm not, the funny thing is I, I've been saying, telling you all year the Patriots are a disaster or a disaster. Belichick's gone. I wouldn't put it at 100, though. There is a scenario where they bring in a new quarterback next year and give him a shot. Are we positive? And maybe a GM. Yeah, that's a good idea. Are we positive the next coach is going to be any better with this roster? Probably not. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that, you know, Belichick, the personnel man, uh, this has been also a failure, and it's definitely on his watch. And it's been a a rough go as far as roster building. And you always think that... Belichick is like knows better than any anybody, you know. Like the Patriots would cut a guy and be like, "Oh, well, you know, or trade somebody." It's like, well, he must be really bad, you know, because Bill always yep. knows. And I don't think we can say that anymore. Well, they did set it up so next year they have all their free agent money. There was a lot of thinking. Oh, they're just they're giving away this year coming this year because they didn't really sign any wide receivers. They got Juju, and that was it. So people, some people in New England said, oh, "Okay, this is a this is a limbo year," and they know it. They don't have it. Okay, but, and they have so much cap space and a draft pick next year, so maybe they could turn around quickly. Okay, but like think about the teams that always spend a lot of cap space. It's like that's not usually no. you know the way you want to build your team. You want to be building it through the draft, not all these band aids. No, stuff. you have cap space because you stink. Yeah, right. <laughs> great. Ryan, you got a big thing wrong. Am I right about that? <laughs> to say the least. Um, I thought the Broncos were going to have a bounce back year this year. Make wow. the playoffs because of Sean Payton. That's been wrong for really since week one. But I really thought with Sean Payton's words about Nathaniel Hackett, Zach Wilson coming to town, no way they'll lose at home in the snow cap uniforms to the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those I'm... uniforms were gorgeous. They looked like Oklahoma State, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Broncos, they do seem to find new lows every week, which is interesting. I think it's crazy, and Perloff doesn't think that Sean Payton is to blame for everything. Uh, I both, mean. both Ryan and I were a little bit wrong, too. Uh, I was a little bit wrong. Ryan was very wrong about Kentucky, Georgia. I said yep. that Kentucky would give them a game. I did say, since it's in Georgia, there's no way they win that game. I think, Ryan, did you predict the Wildcats to win? I may have said upset. Outright. So, I got to tell you, though, <laughs> wow. as as bad as that game was, though, it was one of those games where two or three things went wrong early, then Georgia gets a lead. Forget it. It was Kentucky, like Liam Cohen could not call his game at all because they were trailing by, you know, 35 points. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, That's on. not exactly right where you want them when you're trailing by 35. Oh, it yeah, was down so frustrating. nothing right away. Not great. Yeah, that's not it. You know, when you're going against Georgia, that's not where you want to be, down 21 nothing. Uh, Pete, anything you want to own up to? Uh, not yet. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of them. Well, listen, Pete's just perfect. We all know that. I mean, listen, you can't you can't improve on perfection. Uh, let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! He scores! 
And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Today's shot of the day, a little snapshot of the show, came from our conversation about Brock Purdy's parents. They own a hot tub company. Brock Purdy's parents apparently own a oh, hot yeah. tub, uh, a hot tub store. Yeah, and I feel like they'd be a fun time in a hot tub too. No, that sounds way wrong. <laughs> yeah, it did. You want to hang out with Brock Purdy's parents in a hot tub? What? Definitely. By the way, <laughs> they seem fascinating. I think there's a huge backstory there with Mr. Purdy. This sounds like a '70s party house. What yeah. if he was conceived in a hot tub in Arizona yeah. and I mean, now becomes a pro quarterback? You start to copy that plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much a given. There we go. Are we going to get that level of detail with Brock Purdy and his parents? Probably not. But maybe the hot tub business is booming in Arizona. Uh, yeah. 120 degrees there during the day, but sure. I think they're a very religious family, by the way. Is in that fact, true? I'm almost certain of that. All so, right. yeah, I don't think it's a exactly what I imagined. Because I did remember something. Of, I think Brock Purdy's like very young and on the verge of, I, I don't know, uh, he has a girlfriend, I think, and he's. Yeah, I know he lives with another lineman. They they keep yeah, making that a, a big story. He's got a story. roommate. Okay, the last but here's the thing: you can still be story. religious and still fornicate in a hot tub. Really? I think so. Well, Is my that, kind of. Where I in was the Bible picture, does it say you can fornicate in a hot tub? You could do that with your wife, but I was picturing a '70s style hot tub party <laughs> with all, all sorts of people and things happening and robes. And <laughs> <laughs> wow, powders, Mustaches. smoking Gold jackets. Chamberlain. All right, <laughs> listen. I, I think it's fine to think about that. You could see it. There's a line in Seinfeld where George and Jerry are discussing why they can't be threesome people. Yeah, right. The thick I, carpeting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think George or Jerry says, you know, you'd have to wear a smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> a robe all day. Mm, I don't know. We're going to get to know a lot more about Brock Purdy. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy now staunchly in the MVP conversation to many oh, yeah. people after what he did and what he's continued to do. I mean, last night was a big test because... They've taken the Cowboys out of the playoffs the last two years, the 49ers, that is, because Purdy has been such like a, you know, incredible story. Last night, he was efficient. He was getting the ball exactly where it needed to be. He takes shots when he needs to. He can put it in tight windows, even though he doesn't have to very often. Um, I do not think he's an MVP yet because look at all the weapons on the 49ers. I mean, how do you pick an MVP out of this bunch, which is just stellar talent all around? Yeah, it's called you give it to the quarterback, Maggie. It's how it's always been, (laughs) and it will always be. So, okay, if you don't think he's an MVP candidate, you think he's top 15 candidates, top 20, or just would you put McCaffrey ahead of him? You know, you asked me before if I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league for Brock Purdy. Yeah, where'd you come up with? I think he's right on the cusp. Because you obviously have, let's do a little back of the envelope here. You've got Mahomes. Right. You've got Josh Allen, even though he's coming off of a bad game. But you've got Allen. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert by the numbers, but like. He's good. He's good. Uh, You've got. Did you do Tua? Tua's definitely there. So now we're all all of a sudden at five. I already had Lamar. Who am I missing? Did you have Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. I guess you could. Do you have to put Jared Goff in there? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. We're kind of, kind of splitting hairs with Jared Goff and Brock Purdy right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess they, maybe he's like, so he's a top 10-ish quarterback. We're, we're forgetting a few guys. In the, and Dak yeah. Prescott. Yeah. But I don't know about Dak. Uh, who knows what Deshaun Watson actually is. We feel like we haven't seen a lot of him. There's a lot of guys. Aaron Rodgers, is he still in your, I guess he doesn't make the list Not anymore. Not this year. Uh, Matthew Stafford. 
I mean, Matthew uh, that, Stafford. Matthew Stafford's not a top 10 quarterback right now. Ooh, I don't know. He throws a gorgeous football. He does, but he also has a penchant to turn the ball over, especially in the second halves of these games. Yeah, but if that's... Uh, Joe he, Burrow. Joe no. Burrow. But if uh, Stafford's team was good, he'd be fine at quarterback. Um. Yeah, he would be, but he's also dealing with... I mean, he's coming off of, a, I think, a pretty big injury... He's still a good quarterback who can throw a great ball, but is he consistently a top 10 quarterback right now? I Probably so. not, but if, if his team was good, oh, yeah, he'd be sweet. Did we mention Trevor Lawrence? A lot of this has to do with system. Come on, let's be honest. A lot of the guys you mentioned above, hey, Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. He's in Cleveland. What is he doing now? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I do think that Hurts, as long as they keep running that play and he was carrying the ball yesterday. By the way, the brotherly shove, the tush push, just wait. They're getting rid of this thing. They're trying. And I think that the Eagles ran it so often yesterday, they were trying to make a point. It was like, you're going to take this away from us. We're going to run it as many times as we possibly can before it gets outlawed. Absolutely. Uh, It is the central part of their game plan, which is so weird. They're like, just get the third and one, and we move the chains. It's incredible. If they take it away, I'm downgrading the Eagles two losses. (laughs) Just taking them out of the Super Bowl conversation. It is their secret weapon. That's why I would. I watched last night, and I thought, oh, my God, San Francisco is unbeatable. But we have the tush push. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever makes you sleep at night. Uh, Thank you to Ryan Hickey. Thank you to Pete Pilati. Thank you to Andrew Bogish, to Andrew Kaplan. Thank you to the Weedos and the coffee drinkers, also the callers. We will be back tomorrow. Got so much to do. Enjoy the rest of your day. We're out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.